Dreaming about teaming up with a superhero? Heartbroken about the latest comic death? Do you find your conversations always turning to Marvel? Then welcome Marvelites to your therapy session. Join your hosts as we explore the realms of the Marvel Universe, taking you into new insights, movie reviews, and debates. Here, we won't try to cure any obsessions, but fuel them because the world is better nerdy. Welcome to your Marvel Therapy Group. Thanks for tuning in, listeners, to another episode of Marvel Therapy Group. I am your host, Joe. And I'm Jack. And I'm Haley. We're all here this week to talk about Stan Lee. And as of today, Mar- or Monday when it's posted, it's been officially a week since Stan Lee passed uh, into the... Next great adventure. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's gone onward and upward. Because that's what Excelsior means. <laughs> but we're using this episode as a celebration and a memorial for Stan Lee. So for the next few minutes, join us as we talk about his life, his contributions, and and what his life work meant to all of us. Just going to pull up the Stan Lee Wikipedia page to get some more facts about <laughs> him. <laughs> so Stan Lee, I did not realize how much Stan Lee meant to me until I found out that he had passed, and then I was actually in mourning, like, as if a family member had died. And I didn't find out until a few hours after, or I found out shortly after the news was released, but I was at work, so I wasn't on social media or the internet, but I get a bunch of texts all at the same time, and I'm like, what is happening? This is a lot of texts. And I unlock my phone and read the first few words of each one before I open the texts, and I see things like... So sorry if you're lost. Are you doing okay? Did you hear what happened? And I'm just, I'm panicked. I'm like, did I post something embarrassing on social media? What happened? <laughs> and then I finally get to one from Jack, who just flat out says, Stan Lee died. I was going to say that. I'm like, ooh, I was not that, like, I was not that caring in my text. I was just very bluntly, Stan Lee died. <laughs> yeah, but I needed that. And then, because I didn't know what else had happened. And I had that moment of where, like, you're, it's just chilling, and I just kind of froze. I'm like, oh, that's upsetting. But it, it, it's one of those things you knew was probably going to happen soon for a while now. Like, the man was 95, I think. He was 95. Yeah. 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 See, he lived a very full life, very active up until the very end. Yeah. Yeah, he was. It wasn't until the last few years where he finally said he's not going to any more Comic-Cons. So... <laughs> Yeah. What was the one you went to? That was only, like, two years ago, right? Uh, yeah, Boston in 2017. I met him there, got breakfast with him. And I, th- I think we talked about this at one point, but you can find the video on their web- on the Boston Comic Con Facebook page. So you can find the video of everyone meeting him. And um, I'm there. breakfast? Yeah, so <laughs> the conversation went something like this. Awkward silence. And then, are you excited for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to come back on? What? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It's coming on soon. Oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do you want that to be a movie? Yeah, of course! Then he punches me in the shoulder and says, Alright, you said it, you got it. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, oh, we did talk about this, because then you were like, Oh, he heard that, talked to Feige, and Feige's like, Well, we'll just bring in Coulson. Yeah, they met, half- they met halfway in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, Stanley gave us the X Men, which I love the X Men. I've started reading the very first X-Men, Uncanny X-Men from the 60s, and, well, mostly because I was reading the Astonishing X-Men from Whedon, uh, and um, I got to the point where Kitty Pride is stuck in the missile being launched to Earth, and then I couldn't find out where it went after that, so I'm like, well, just gonna start from the beginning and trace it all back. I feel like that Marvel did that thing after that series that they always do, where they're like, alright, it's not just one series, it's three series now that continue this. I feel like they did something like that. They definitely did, I just can't figure out where it, where it continues from. But, um, the best thing that Stan Lee did for the world is that he made... He transformed pop, pop culture. He made it actually popular, acceptable. He touched so many people and helped so many people growing up who were into comics and nerdy things that weren't uh, as acceptable as they were today, whereas, like, it's cool today to like comics. Um, I listen, Jack and I listen to a podcast called Marvel Movie News, and they were tweeting out to their their listeners and asking for, um, like, their listeners' favorite um, moments and memories of Stan Lee, and I used Marvel Movie Marvel Therapy Group's Twitter and tweeted back at them, and they actually shared uh, what I said. So I shared the story from when I met him at Rhode Island Comic Con, and I said, being forced away from his autograph table at Rhode Island Comic Con, but still insistently talking to him, I turned around, slammed my hand on the table, and yelled, Mr. Lee, wait! The line stops, everyone stares at me, and I quietly say, will you say Excelsior with me? He did. And then I cried. But it's just, it's so great now that there can be multiple, there can be podcasts dedicated to Marvel, dedicated to comics and fandoms, and they can communicate, they can have an open space to talk about what they love and uh, and about comics, about pop culture. And Stanley really paved the way for that. There were tweets from, or before I continue, do you have anything to add? Uh, do you have anything, Haley? I was just gonna say, I knew Stanley was a big part of your life when you cried at Rhode Island Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you have to wait until, like, last Monday to figure that out. Yeah, I, I mean, thinking about it, since I've always loved the X-Men, I yes. think my first book was the, uh, Mar the Mar no, the X-Men Encyclopedia, which is, like, one of those easy-read books for kids. I think besides, like, a fairy tale book. That was my first book that I remember having. But after that, I think the first comic that I read was Phoenix End Song, which I would read on the way into school. And then I'd be like, I'd go to my mom and be like, do you know who this is? Do you know who this character is? Because I knew at that age, yeah. somehow. I think I was just born innately, innately knowing about the X-Men. <laughs> I really don't know how it happened. It's a gift. Maybe you're a mutant. <laughs> I am. That's your mutant power. You know about the X Men. <laughs> the gifted. <laughs> oh, that yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he created such a great community, and there were tweets from a lot of the Marvel actors, uh, just saying how much they appreciated his work, how much they enjoyed playing his characters and playing in this universe that he created. Um, even he even touched people who never met him. There's a tweet from Vincent D'Onofrio who plays the Kingpin and Daredevil, and he was saying how much he appreciated Stanley, even though he'd never met the man, but he was still very sad that he had died. 
or just even people outside of the comic community, like Guillermo del Toro tweeted something, Elon Musk tweeted something, uh, looking at all the tweets I shared, Chris Evans tweeted something, but that one's to be expected. Mm-hmm. You know, I was actually looking up fun facts about Stan Lee, and one of his first Marvel comics was like the Captain America number five during World War II, and I... I think, I'm not 100% sure about this, I think he was the first one who had Captain America throwing his shield. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was him. That's awesome. Yeah, he's just done so much. And so going through a little bit of the history, I think he really started to get into comics with the Fantastic Four because it was shortly after the Justice League came out mm-hmm. and Martin Goodman at the time of uh, Timely Comics was like, we have to compete with this, but you have to do this certain formula that, you know, people read and buy. And he was like, no, <laughs> I want to do my own thing. So he was talking, he went home, talk- he was going to quit. And he talked to his wife, Joan, and his wife said, well, if you're going to quit anyway, why don't you just do what you want to do? And if they fire you, it's no loss to you since you were going to quit. And he was like, yeah, Okay. So he created the Fantastic Four in response to the Justice League to compete, but the Fantastic Four were different. They weren't your typical superheroes because they had, they were a family, they had family, they fought, they had family issues, they didn't have costumes. And apparently, <laughs> people loved that, which then just started Marvel's um, trail of creating relatable characters with actual issues instead of just being like, perfect superheroes. He apparently really just wanted to make his Marvel Universe feel like the one that'd be just right outside your door. Like, that's one of the reasons he chose to set most of his stuff in New York, as opposed to D.C., who have, like, Gotham City, Metropolis, Central City. Yeah. He was like, no, I want this to be, like, you could walk down uh, Fifth Avenue and see the Baxter Building. I want, uh, you know... People would think Doctor Strange's Sanctum Santorum is just, you know, right across town. Exactly, and I think they'd put in the real street names. You could see, you could, like, find your house, yeah. basically, in the comics. I think, a lot of, I think a lot of buildings have, like, real addresses on, like, Google Maps or something, which is cool. <laughs> yes, 1407 Gray Malkin Lane, the X-Mansion, you can find that on Google Maps. <laughs> Even though now the X-Mansion's in Central Park. But again, that's a great testament as to how far the comics have come and what you can do with them. And it all traces back to Stanley. This was kind of a cool tweet. Uh, This was from Tom King, who's the writer on Batman over at DC. And in a tribute to Stan Lee, he said, um, As a tribute to Stan and his immortal, Stan Lee presents, since the start of my career, I've always tried to put DC Comics Presents before my titles. I told him this once. He nodded, patted me on the back, and said, Forget that kid, just write for Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, you can't forget his wit. That's cool, from the... I mean, even the people at DC are, you know, showing how much he meant to them. Yeah, he's, he just, he unifies the fandom culture. <laughs> he really does. Um, when Mar- when he was trying to get Marvel started, he created the, the Merry Marvel Marching Society. And I was going to bring, I have a card from the Merry Marvel Marching Society. I was going to bring it, but I forgot it. But um, it came in... A Marvel book, which Stanley there's a quote in the back and says like, "You can't be a true Marvel fan without this book." And I'm like, "Ah, I got you, Stan. I have this book now." <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> but um, it has a bunch of like memorabilia. So there's a replica of a Mary Marvel Marching Society card, which is pretty cool. But again, 
like he created the community. He did the soapboxes at the end of all of his comics, where he would put in his two cents about like social issues and what's going on at the time and what we can do after you read the comic book if you're so inspired, like what you can do in the world. And I I went through my comics last night too to see if I had any any with Stanley soapboxes, and I I don't think I do, but um, after Stanley the um, editors in chief, they continued. So there's like there's soapboxes from Jim Shooter, um, other editors in chiefs. <laughs> so it's it's really cool how they continue the tradition. Uh, oh, and he created comics for a college level. Like his his verbiage that he used in the comics, the themes weren't childlike or weren't meant for kids. They're meant for an older audience, which is. Something that he created. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, definitely did. Definitely did a lot. Um, and probably we could talk about his really big contribution over the past, like, 15-ish years, which was his cameos. Mm-hmm. That's basically everything. Yeah, I have a list of my favorite cameos. It's, it's There's a lot of cameos, but I, I really picked my favorite ones. The man loved making cameos. <laughs> and who wouldn't? <laughs> the first one that I have is the... Postman and the Fantastic Four, where they're walking to the Baxter building, and the original from, like, 2000-something. Early 2000s, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he's uh, delivering mail to the Baxter building. Yeah. Then I have in X-Men 3, The Last Stand, where he's watering the lawn, and then the water goes up when they're talking to Jean Grey. It's a quick one, but it's there. <laughs> Spider-Man 3... This was a cool one because he's actually used as a plot device where Stanley goes up to Peter Parker and says something like, I guess one person really can make a difference. And then that helps Spider-Man, like that helps his character arc. So it was cool that he was used as a plot device for that one. Um, the Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfer, he tries to get into their wedding. He plays Stanley. He goes, I'm on the list. I'm Stan Lee. So, yeah, that's good. And then starting off with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's Iron Man. He uh, He's mistaken for Hugh Hefner, or he's playing Hugh Hefner. Not really sure. I think he's just mistaken. Wikipedia says he's mistaken know. for Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Yeah, Haley just pulled up a list, or uh, like a bunch of gifts of all of his cameos. <laughs> Which one's any favorites there? I'm going for Age of Ultron when he gets stupidly drunk and he's yeah. Excelsior and oh, he's getting yeah, escorted yeah. from the premises. And then Ant Man where he's voiced over. And yes. Crazy stupid fine. <laughs> that is a good one. Because that's just fun to hear. And it's really funny, like going back to his wit, he in his interviews he always changes what he says his favorite cameo was. Like he said that the Age of Ultron one was his favorite cameo at one point because it takes place in two different scenes. First where he's like Give me that alcohol, I can handle it. And then the second scene where he's... <laughs> Being escorted from the premises, saying Excelsior. Yes. Extremely drunk. Yep. Um, when I was at his panel in Boston, he told us that his favorite cameo was in Thor Ragnarok because he actually got to, like, he got to make up his own lines. I think he said he was doing a lot. He had a cool costume. and yeah. He actually had a decent amount of screen time for those cameos. I never saw this movie, but I saw the clip on YouTube of his um, his cameo in the Teen Titans Go cartoon movie, mm-hmm. which that's actually really funny, because it's like they're, they're 
they're at a movie studio and they like pan past him. He's like, hey, it's me, Stan Lee, making my movie cameo. And he starts <laughs> dancing and then they're like, Mr. Lee, no, no, no. He's like, oh, God, this is a DC film. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I think uh, later on in the movie, there's a car chase. He like jumps on front of the hood of the car. He's like, I changed my mind. I want to be in this movie. <laughs> and they're like, get out of here, Stan Lee. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go see that. So that's good. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Apparently, he's gonna be in Ralph Breaks the Internet, too. Really? Yeah, he's gonna have a cameo in that. That's, like, and that's the good news there is that I think James Gunn filmed like six cameos with him one day so we have him we have him for a little longer at least in the movies yes at least through uh, Avengers 4 yeah so he'll probably be in Captain Marvel yeah definitely be in Avengers 4 and Spider-Man 2 oh yeah I think I feel like the Avengers 4 is gonna be really sad when we see him because that's gonna it's gonna be it's a big movie it's a milestone for the MCU mm-hmm. and then it's he's gonna be in there but it's Effectively, his last cameo. I wonder if they're gonna wait till then to do In Memory of Stanley, or if mm-hmm. they're gonna wait till the one with his last cameo, or if they're gonna do it for uh, they might do Captain it for Marvel. Both. Why not do it for all of them? Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't take too too long to um, pull up the yeah ca- the uh, credits and then type in In Memory of Stanley. I mean, I would think not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think the most meaningful. In terms of plot, the most meaningful cameo is in Guardians 2, where he plays one of the Watchers. Because that kind of confirms that it's all been the same character. Or if you want to think that way, it's all been the same person, that he is the Watcher. And now he's still watching his universe (laughs) from a more metaphysical standpoint. For any of you video gamers, he had a pretty good cameo in the the Spider-Man PS4 game. (laughs) It's like Peter and Mary Jane are on a date, and I think Mary Jane gets up and leaves, and Peter pays the uh, the cashier or whatever, and, it, and they pan in at Stan Lee's, like, oh, you two are always my favorite couple. I'm rooting for you, kids. Oh. <laughs> he, he definitely liked Spider-Man. <laughs> at, at times he said that Silver Surfer was his favorite character, but at other times he says Spider-Man. But I, I feel like he said Spider-Man more times than Silver Surfer. So. Spider-Man was his baby. I like his cameo in Spider-Man where they're having that fight in the background. And he's got, like, soundproof headphones on and he's just doing his own thing. <laughs> that is oh, a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's, that's from the Andrew Garfield movies, yeah, right? Yeah, like the first or second one. I think first one. Probably. I think so. <laughs> yeah, the one with the lizard. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. The lizard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a good yeah. one. I have um, the pickup truck driver in Thor. Where he's trying to pull work? the hammer. Yeah, did it work? No. <laughs> he doesn't have good luck with his cars, apparently, because in Ant-Man and the Wasp, when the car shrinks, he's, about to, he's unlocking his car, and then one of the, like, the discs hits the car, and it shrinks down to like, the Matchbox car. Maybe that's why he was just taking the bus in Doctor <laughs> Strange. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's all the same character. It's all the same universe. And then he goes... Well, the 60s were fun, but I'm paying for it now. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> Which, if you want to make an Easter egg out of that, 60s was a pretty good time for Marvel, with Captain America, the X-Men, all the characters being created. <laughs> Most notably the X-Men, for me. <laughs> <laughs> the X-Men and others. <laughs> the X-Men and others. Otherwise known as the Marvel Universe. <laughs> um... 
The FedEx driver in Civil War. That one's funny. Package for Tony Stank. <laughs> Classic. Classic Stank. Oh, I like the the first Captain America where he says, I thought he'd be taller. Because that's the whole like Chris Evans joke where every time people see you in public, they're like, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you okay? <laughs> that's funny. The movie screen has a whole foot. <laughs> Not that tall. I get it. Oh, in the... Age of Ultron one where he plays a World War Two veteran. Yeah. It that's like a tie in to Captain America too. Yeah. Or Captain America as, as well, not Captain America the Winter Soldier. <laughs> um the Black Panther, he's the gambler. Yeah, I'll hold on for this for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me. Yeah, sure. And that was funny because as soon as we got so I was watching the movie, I'm like, Oh, we haven't seen him yet. And then we got to the casino, and I just immediately thought, okay, his cameo is going to be in here. Because I was trying to figure out why he would be in Wakanda. So the movie took place outside of Wakanda. I was like, okay, he's going to be here. I was going to say, yeah, that was a good place for his cameo. It would have been weird if he, sh- if he had shown up in Wakanda. Yeah. He just... Would have felt a little out of place. He falls from space because the watchers don't give him a ride back and <laughs> lands in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He cameoed in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was on the train. Yeah, I, I saw that episode. Yeah. Ah, the best show. <laughs> and Deadpool, where they just put him in the strip club. Yeah. That's pro- Let's be honest, that's probably his favorite cameo. He just <laughs> won't admit it. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> he won't admit it in front of Joan. <laughs> oh, the story about how he met his wife. That's a great story. Because I think he was going on a blind date with someone else. But he knocked on the door, and Joan opened the door. And, like, for him, it was love at first sight, and he asked her out instead. And well, blind date. Yeah. That's what you get. <laughs> yep. Joan was a hat model. Yeah. But worked out well for them. Yeah, they got married <laughs> in uh, 1947 and stayed together ever since. Yeah. Stayed together to the end, I should say. Good for them. He had a private funeral, I think, because I've always said, I'm going to fly, I'm going to spend my life savings and fly out for his funeral because, you know, he, like I said, meant a lot to me. I just never realized it, despite me always saying, like, oh, I'm going to go out for their first funeral. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been a bit too much of a mob scene. Yeah. If he had a public one. I think I think he said he didn't want a public yeah. one, just a private one. But there's been a lot, a lot of tributes through Marvel, on YouTube, um, Netflix even, created their Stan Lee universe. If you type in Excelsior, you get all the Marvel properties that they have. You see, I think in every I think in every Netflix show, there's always like one point where you can see like a picture of them somewhere. Yes. He wasn't in Deadpool 2, right? I honestly do not remember. I don't because remember a cameo there. There very well could have been. Because we were watching that, Jack. And I saw his face, it's graffitied. It's like when they're falling down, then when they're parachuting down from the yeah. plane. His face is graffitied on the side of the building. But it's so quick, I just happened to see it. Yeah, I don't think he made an actual cameo in Deadpool 2. So I feel like I kept wa- waiting for it, then the movie ended, and I'm like, wait. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It says, uh, yeah, he, he's a graffiti face in Deadpool yeah. Okay, yep. That's another thing, is that future movies, we're going to be like, wait, he wasn't there. Well, because it's going to be extra weird, because he's going to be in the next few. Yeah. 
But then it's going to be after that, and he, by then he's already been dead for a year or so at least. Mm-hmm. And then he won't start showing up, and we'll be like waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, I hope they keep putting his picture in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they will. But, like, they could also. This is what I don't want them to do is the, like, de aging technology and just throw him in there. I don't think facing. they'll do that. I don't I think, think that's they would. too much. Yeah, that's too much money for. Yeah. Like two seconds. I think they tried that out in the Rogue One Star Wars movie with uh, Peter Cushing, and people weren't crazy about that, so I don't think they're gun ho to try it again. Because at this point, the technology is like so good where you can't really realize like there's a difference, but you just know in your heart it's not right. Yeah. And you're like, just something is off, but it's so close, I can't tell if it's off. Like they're going to do with Nick Fury and Coulson and Captain Marvel. Well, that'll I know it'll be off. That's like yeah. when they de-aged Tony Stark, and it was like, oh, Ooh, that was creepy. That well, that was creepy. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I feel like they couldn't de-age him right, and they just like smoothed his entire face, and we're like, there, ta-da, you're young again. Yeah, you know how no, with that. No, it's a little creepy. <laughs> it looked really good in Guardians too, though, with uh, Kurt Russell. At the oh beginning. yeah, they they nailed oh, it with yeah. that. They did not with a DH Tony Stark. Mm. I think with uh, Guardians 2, they were saying it was a mix of makeup and uh, special effects, so I think yeah. they're, they're kind of fine-tuning it as they go. That yeah. was much more realistic. For the, the Tony Stark de-aging, I didn't recognize him at first, and I couldn't tell who it was. Now I'm thinking, okay, I know Spider-Man's supposed to be in this movie, but why would they introduce him like this? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just got like, I was like, ah, this is, I mean, I'm glad it's... I'm glad it was a holograph, because then you could blame some of it on that. You're like, yes. it must be. Because it's his memories, so I guess he just remembers himself weird, but at the same time, it was just so off. I was like, please, you could have done something better. <laughs> Alright, was there anything else you guys wanted to say about Stanley? I met him, I had the privilege of meeting him three times. And each one just got better. Oh, you know what else? His distinct voice. <laughs> He did have a really distinct voice. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like it was an old-timey Brooklyn accent. It was nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, definitely a life to celebrate. Now he's... Or wherever his soul decided to go to the astral plane. Or... I mean, Nightcrawler's been... The X-Men have been to heaven, so... He's there. <laughs> definitely a life to celebrate. Thanks for everything, Stan. <laughs> Thanks for paving the way for... A, pop culture and I mean really shaping my life too <laughs> I mean 90% of what I think about is Marvel I mean, let's go with 80% is Marvel 12% is the environment and then 2% the rest of my 2% conversations are like how was your day? <laughs> small talk that doesn't equal 100 but 80 plus 12? oh 80 plus, plus 2? <laughs> Yeah, that's off. See, I'm thinking about Stan Lee. I'm not thinking you're about just, math. You're just killing 6% of your brain. It just doesn't work. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's the part where I just think about Stan Lee now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, you know what we should do? His birthday's December 28th, so we should do um, a countdown for our listeners and be like, send us, I wear Marvel gear. Countdown, like a 25 days to Christmas, but 28 days to Stan Lee's birthday. That's a very mm. long 28 days. <laughs> I see a lot of effort. We'll figure something no, out. We, we should do we'll, something we'll like that. We'll have an episode on the 28th. Oh, what's the 28th? Uh, it's a Friday. We oh, a special, okay. A special we can Stanley's post something, birthday. Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Stan Lee's birthday party. Yes. <laughs> we'll have a birthday party. Live from it. Stan Lee's birthday party. That sounds good. We'll do that. We got a cardboard cut out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I'm old, I'm going to cosplay as Stan Lee. You know, just I'll just need the aviators and a yellow sweater and khakis. Just do it now. Yeah. I'll like do makeup, mix myself. You could get like white hair. You could like put some like powder in your hair, and then yeah, just a shirt and the sunglasses. I I could. I think if I did that, that might be a tipping point, and you might need to put me in an asylum. (laughs) But uh, as always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and like, subscribe, and rate us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. And tune in every Monday for our new episodes. Um, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. This is a truly a thankful time, as we are thankful for Stanley. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Marvel Therapy Group, where together we can work through our comic thoughts and learn to live beside them. Views expressed are of the host only and do not reflect Marvel Studios or comics in any way. Hosts are in no way qualified to provide therapy. This is simply the name of the podcast. This has been another Marvel Therapy Group session.